if I'm passionate about something, I will just like go for it so hard. And I landed in this spot yet again where like I had checked every single box of what I thought I wanted and what I thought I needed to be able to feel whole, fulfilled, satisfied, free, and at peace in my life. And I was really unhappy. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. Hi, writers. When I think about the phrase, find your voice, which is obviously the name of this show, I think about today's guest. Her name is Amy Young, and this woman is fearless. In fact, wherever you are right now, unless you're driving, if you're driving, wait till later. But open your phone, go to Instagram, type in Amy Young, and go follow this woman. You will thank me later. She talks about all kinds of things on Instagram. She talks about relationships. She talks about sex really candidly. She talks about codependency, talks about the patriarchy, about getting empowered, about you know the incredible strength of women. She talks about creativity, all that juicy, good stuff. You are going to love it. And we are going to cover that whole gamut today. But specifically, what I wanted to talk to Amy about on today's episode is this idea of burnout. And the reason I wanted to talk to her about that, aside from the fact that when she and I initially connected, she started talking to me about burnout and it was just resonating so clearly with where I was in my own personal life and journey. But she also said a phrase to me that day that I won't forget and that's been really important for me. She talked about the gift of burnout and she said, When you face burnout, the real gift is that it shows you where you're overextending yourself. It shows you where you're forcing things that aren't meant to happen. And it really can teach you, if you let it, how to come back into alignment with yourself and move into flow, which just was like chills all the way up my spine. I was like, yes, I need to learn how to do that. And it feels very, you know, present to what I'm learning to do in my life right now. Amy is a relationship coach, she's a YouTuber. She does these monthly calls with women that are incredible and you should join if you are able. She's just a really incredible voice and I'm so excited to be able to share it with you. So if you are ready to step into your deepest, most authentic, most powerful self, then get ready for today's episode. Hi, welcome to the podcast, Amy Young. Hi, thank you for having me. It's so great to have you here. I feel like we made it here very quickly. Like we were introduced on a blind Zoom date <laughs> I know. a week or two ago. Yeah. And I was like, I am so in love with you. I want to read everything you've written. I want to watch everything you've recorded. I'm like watching your Instagram stories just like, because here's why. Here's why I'm so drawn to what you're doing. Because you just tell the truth. Like you are mm-hmm. not... To me, I'm like, I, I'm so pulled in by people who are not trying to build an empire or grow a following who are just telling the truth. And because you're telling the truth, people are definitely drawn to what you're doing. 
but you're mm. not, it doesn't, at least it doesn't come across this way. You're like, you know, what's going to get me a bunch of followers is if I talk about sex. And so I'm going to talk about that on my Instagram stories, but it's wow. just, it's really, really compelling. Yeah. And I think a tough thing to do to be able to speak that honestly. So thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. The first question that I always ask in these interviews is what does it mean to you to find your voice? I love this question um, because I think there's so many angles and perspectives to sort of look at this from. And on the one hand, I think very literally about what it means to find your voice and what it's meant to me is to actually be able to, I mean, what you're sort of speaking to about why you enjoy watching me online or taking in my content, actually empowering yourself to believe that you like you have something worth saying you know, like writing yourself an excessive permission slip to be like, my perspective is valid and valuable. What I have to offer is needed. And also just not even from like a service-based place, you know, where it's like, oh, I can serve and support others. Because I think that's a huge source of motivation for so many about, you know, when it comes to speaking up or practicing more authentic expression, but also just to recognize like hiding yourself, your voice, your truth, your experiences, your pain is really, in my opinion, like extremely self-destructive. Like muting yourself because you're worried about the impact that it might have or the ripple effects it might create, Mm. you know, choosing not to self-express whatever that, however that wants to come through you is self-harm. So I'm just a huge proponent and I work so much, you know, with women, but for any individual to really acknowledge and validate themselves in a way that lets them find their voice and use their voice and express it in a way that's healing for them and also will, you know, emancipate and empower others. Because that's, in my experience, just what happens when we share. It's true. It's yeah. so true. It's my experience too. And and I'm using writing as a tool to equip people to emancipate themselves and liberate others around them. You're using other tools. There are so many tools that we can use to do the same thing, but you're coming at, you know, using different tools, but coming at the same, the same question or the same problem. Can you just give our listeners like a little bit of background into you and what you're doing and, and what the work is that you have in front of you? Absolutely. So I live in the land of patriarchal deprogramming. That's what (laughs) I discovered was that I was doing as I was doing it. And feminine activation and empowerment, speaking like capital F feminine, as in like masculine feminine energetics. Yes. This was like a calling and a purpose that 1000% found me that I did not think like five years ago that I would be doing the work that I'm doing with women today. I used to do really awesome, fun, exciting dating and relationship coaching with women. And now it's just kind of become broader, deeper, more spiritual. It's really, you know, and this is similar to what I was doing with women in the dating and relationship space, like really assisting and supporting women in looking at all of the ways that they've sort of assimilated to a culture and a society that truly like was not built or designed for your authentic expression, your empowerment, your ability to exist autonomously and with total freedom and sovereignty in your world. Like that's not the world that we live in. And getting really clear on like, how have I 
sort of been co-opted and therefore how have I been kind of like co-signing on all of these different oppressive systems that work together in these fucked up ways to make it so that I and others cannot show up fully in the world Hmm. or not safe to show up fully in the world. Yeah. And really it's like, I mean, on the, in the simplest way, I would say it's like looking at everything that you are not that you right now mistakenly think that you are. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking about too, like all the different ways and just the last couple of weeks since I was introduced to you that I've watched you come at this topic. Cause you've talked about the Britney Spears documentary. <laughs> you've talked about like women and sex and orgasms. So like all of these different topics that have a lot of like energetic pull to them because we're yeah. like fascinated by this and they're very charged for us as human beings. But you're basically using these topics. It doesn't matter the topic. We can use any topic. And dating and relationships is a topic that also has an energetic charge for people. But Mm -hmm. the idea even of, and tell me if you think I'm off here, but to me, the idea even of talking about dating and relationships is really talking about something bigger at play, which is like, what is my my relationship to a partner is my relationship to everything. And so it's a way of talking about like, how am I in relationship with the world? And I think so many of us are in women, especially in this period of time are in relationship to the world in what you're describing. It's, it's like a, what do I need to do? How do I need to perform in order to fit in, in order to assimilate, in order to get the accolades that I'm looking for, in order to feel validated, in order to attach myself to a, a feeling of power. But then am I relinquishing in that process, my authentic power, my true power? And like, yeah. And what's like the long-term cost? Yeah. And ha- t- talk about the long-term cost. And also I'm curious, like, how do we distinguish between the two? Like, how do I know as a woman, as a person, am I really being authentic to myself? Am I being true to myself or am I assimilating? Cause I think a lot of times this is happening outside of our awareness. Oh, a thousand percent. It's like, I am constantly saying with my clients, I'm like, all of this is unconscious. Like all of this is unconscious. All of it's happening under the radar. No one is intentionally trying to perform in their lives. I mean, I think for the most part, you know, like most of the women that I work with and speak to. Yeah. Especially, yeah, around things like not feeling free to speak up or set boundaries or like you're saying to like find their voice and express. It's like no one's intentionally trying to like mute themselves or walk through the world afraid of who they really are. It's just, it's just kind of the impact of it. But I love this question that you're asking and it kind of ties in with the foundation of, you know, my uh, current body of work, which is called the undoing and how it kind of came to me was I recognized that I had this pattern in my life. It's such a cliche sort of pattern, but I'll outline it for people because I think it resonates with so many of us of, Mm -hmm. you know, setting your sights on something or someone outside of yourself and believing when I have X, then I will be Y, you know, or when I'm at this level or I achieve this thing or I accrue this volume of wealth or I get my life to look in this one particular way, then I'll be like happy <laughs> and then I'll, and then I'll feel good about myself. Yeah. And I'll be at peace. And then I won't feel this like uncomfortable, gnawing, anxiety inducing striving mm. that's with me all the time. Right. So, you know, I did this in so many areas of my life. I did it in relationship to my body where I lost a a pretty substantial amount of weight when I was in college. And I had really been functioning under this delusion that I was like, you know, if I'm just like, if I fit into single digit pants, like I will be a happy, confident (laughs) woman. Like I was like, if I can just 
get yeah. down to size eight. And then I like I hit a size eight and then I was like, I need to be a size six. Oh, no, 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 it's not a size six. I need to be a size four. Like I kept like getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally yeah. I just remember being like, I don't think this is it. Like, oh shit. I don't think yeah. this is working. And um I did it in relationships, you know, where I was really obsessed with partnership and I joke all the time that I was just like the boy craziest of boy crazies. Like I just would get super <laughs> fixated on someone and be like, once that guy, once I bag that guy, like I am just going to feel yeah. like so much better. Everything's going to be so much calmer. And then I would get in these relationships and it was like, oh, fuck, this isn't it. Like why does this keep yeah. happening? When the, the penny really dropped for me when I did it with my business because my business and my work in the world was the thing that when I found it, I was like, oh, this is really, really it. Like I've yeah. really found – and that's so much of what we're sold and told is like find your purpose, find your passion, you know, like all of these things. And I'd found my purpose and my passion and I lost myself in it, wow. you know, in the same way that I'd lost myself in, in these other things and – just kept pursuing more and got sucked into the funnel of like achieve, succeed, hustle. It's and it's a lot of it's just, I mean, we've talked about I'm a strong four-wing three. I'm like creative. Yes, same. We're we're the same in this. Um, and very ambitious. And like if you if I'm passionate about something, I will just like go for it so hard. And I landed in this spot yet again where like I had checked every single box of what I thought I wanted and what I thought I needed to be able to feel whole, fulfilled, satisfied, free, and at peace in my life. And I was really unhappy. Yeah. And it threw me for the loopiest loop because I was like, if this isn't it, I really don't know what's it. So what I will usually say, you know, especially introducing women to the undoing and the framework that we work within – I will just ask them, you know, if there is something in your life that you're carrying a belief around that like when you have this or you achieve this, that you will finally feel at home with yourself or comfortable in your own skin or you'll get to relax or, you know, whatever it is like that that's mm -hmm. kind of motivating that pursuit. If it's a box you can check or it's a finish line you can cross, it's a lie. Hmm. If it's something that you can look at externally and be like, I will be able to check that box and say, yes, married, check that box and say, yes, six-figure business owner, check that box and say, yes, published author. Sure. It's like if it's a finish line, yeah. you're going to cross the finish line and realize, oh, my God, there's no like final destination here. Yeah, man, this rings so true for me. I, I like you, have had this experience in relationships, in my business, I even, I'm thinking of like a period of time I was married before. And when I went through a divorce, I was 32, 31, 32, somewhere in there. And in my mind, the idea of getting divorced when I was 32 meant I was never going to have a family of my own, which was something that I had really wanted for all my life. And I, I went through this process where I had to let that go in the sense that I was like, this may never happen for me. And I have to make peace with that and grieve it. And letting that go was probably the hardest thing that I've ever let go in my life. It was like the thing that I felt more attached to than anything else. I thought like, if I don't have children of my own, will I ever be able to, will I be able to die and say that I, that I did what I wanted to do with my life? And it's so counterintuitive because when you let that thing go, 
you think, you know, there's a ton of grief in it. So it, it takes, it takes some time to make peace with that. But there was also such a freedom in letting it go. And now that I do have mm. a daughter, I'm married again and have a daughter who's six months old. And now that I'm in that season, it, it gives me the space and permission to enjoy it and experience it in a totally different way mm-hmm. than I would have if I had gotten it 10 mm-hmm. years ago because I didn't need it. So I don't know if you've had that same experience with yeah. like your, your ability to engage with your work now. Is it different than it was before when you needed it to be something so that it could validate you? Absolutely. And I mean, and I think it's for me, it's still an unraveling process. Like coming, I hit a really hard pocket of burnout in 2019 that, I mean, I'm like almost two years later and I, there are still things that I'm like recovering from and picking up the pieces from and and work that I'm doing Mm -hmm. to just not fall back into old patterns around it. But I think for me, the biggest difference was a couple things. Number one, (laughs) this actually ties into what you were saying at the beginning around like just speaking truth. Mm -hmm. I had gotten to a place with my work in the dating and relationship realm where I really knew like what resonated with people. And I really knew what would get a lot of shares on social media. And I knew what kind of video to make that would kind of strike all the right chords so that people would like it. And I turned myself into kind of like a little content machine, you know, where I just was like, this is what people expect. This is what people like. This is what resonates. So I'll keep doing that Mm -hmm. because it's working from a business growing perspective and people like me when I do that, you know? Yeah. I was unconsciously, again, just doing what I knew worked because it felt safe and it made sense and it was, and it was like a good comfortable spot for me to be in. Yeah. The difference between, you know, approaching my work and operating in my business and as a creative individual in that way versus what I'm doing now is like, I really had to decide that I was okay with disappointing people, upsetting people, being like less popular, losing followers, losing clients, losing money. Mm. It meant I'm telling the truth about what I really, really believe. And yeah. And if this means that like my business crumbles, can I live with that? Yeah. And for me, it was just, it just became so clear that I was like, again, it's kind of a cliche, but it's like, you know, I would rather be accepted by fewer people in my life and be supported by mm-hmm. a smaller number and potentially have a smaller business or, you know, my life can change in any number of ways and be refined appropriately. Like I would rather have that than just be performing in a way that guaranteed a degree of approval that I actually like that none of us actually really need. Yeah. A lot of the women I work with, there's just a real addiction to, to approval and to being perceived as like, a good woman, whatever yeah. that means oh my for gosh. each person. And it and it results in us really just like watering ourselves down. Yeah. And I couldn't water myself down anymore. I think part of it is we've been sold this lie that this is as good as it's going to get. Like there's a quote, I, I'm, I can't quote it exactly, but I'll include it in the show notes that talks about why women want a man to want her. Mm-hmm. We want a man to want us because it gives us a sense of value and power but it is borrowed power 
And we've mm-hmm. been sold the lie that that borrowed power is as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. And most of us have never experienced what it's like to live in our own true authentic power. Mm-hmm. So it's a survival technique. I want to say that because I resonate with this so much and I know so many people listening are going to. And I also want to give us the compassion that this is a survival tactic that we've used that has helped us to survive in the world that we've lived in. And also there's something better out there. Yeah. How have you short-circuited the old pattern? Oh my God. I mean... <laughs> Well, okay. So on the surface level, I can look at my own personal journey and say everything externally changed. Like that was a big thing where it was like, I left the relationship that I was in when I started waking up to this. I majorly shifted the work that I was doing. Like I cut back on so much, like anything that was non-essential, anything that wasn't, didn't feel really aligned. I was just like, I just don't do that anymore. I moved cities. But how did you like, how did you know how to do, like, how did you know how to set those boundaries? I'm I'm feeling like, how did you know what needed to go? So I think, and this might not be true for everyone, but this is just what was true for me is that I knew all along what wasn't working. Hmm. Like this is this is the annoying piece of the puzzle, I think, is that like we can get comfortable with a degree of misalignment in our lives to the point where we're just – like you're saying, we're like, well, this is just how it is. Hmm. I'm just exhausted all the time. I'm just <laughs> resentful all the time. I'm stressed all the time. And when I talk to my friends, they're all exhausted and stressed and resentful too. So I guess this is just how it is. <laughs> like I guess this is just – but that that never – I really believe there's always this part of us like this. And it is that like little seed of truth inside that tells you all the time. Like it's like just the voice of inner knowing, which is such a huge part of the work that I'm doing, you know, assisting women and accessing more feminine power is being like your intuition and your knowing knows. And we've been taught to mistrust and deny it. And now we're going to start trusting it and greenlighting it a little more. So when things in my life started like blowing up and becoming obviously unmanageable, I was it was this moment of like, oh, I really haven't been listening. <laughs> like I really haven't been listening to myself because yeah. things have felt off for a while in this relationship or you know, with a uh, specific access of my business. Like I've been feeling depleted, I've been feeling stressed, I've been feeling frustrated, and instead of stopping and getting curious about what all of that is about. I have just been like steamrolling that whole internal experience because it's inconvenient to this agenda that I have in my life, which is like maintaining all of this stuff. And deciding that I was like, okay, my experience is not an inconvenience actually. Like me hurting and being exhausted and frustrated and stressed every day is not an inconvenience. It's not something that I can steamroll anymore. And I have to get really uncomfortably honest with myself about like, what do I know is not working? What do I know is unsustainable? What do I know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing that is actually, that goes against my sense of self, my values, my ethics as a human being. And how do I start to like, you know, I, I say this with my clients all the time. Like I use the phrase, I'm like, we just want to bite size chunk it. You can make big moves, but for me, it was like, how do I start making small moves to just see how this feels and see what the impact is and notice what it's like to start reclaiming more of my integrity and personal power? Yes. This is gold, by the way. For those of you who are listening, this advice 
is gold. Oh, good. <laughs> I told you when we talked a couple of weeks ago, I was saying how late last year you talked, you were talking about your period of time of burnout. And I was really moved by that because I mean, I identify with that in so many different parts of my life, but I was specifically thinking about late last year, how like 2020 happened and it was such a tough year for all of us. And so I just kept telling myself like, this has just been a tough year. You know, I almost lost my business. We were able to recalibrate and start working with clients virtually, which has been an, an amazing gift. I gave birth to my daughter. It was a really traumatic birth experience. There are a lot of shifts and changes that come with bringing a new person into your household. By the end of last year, I was like, my life has become unmanageable. (laughs) And it wasn't like, there was no point along the way where I felt like I had really lost the plot. Like, I mean, that's happened to me before in my life where I felt like I've made like decisions that I knew were the wrong decisions. But in this case, it wasn't that so much as it was just like, this, I'm just in a place where this is no longer working for me and I have to make some changes. And what's crazy about that is it also wasn't a situation where there was no piece of my life that was toxic or unhealthy. It wasn't like I was in a toxic relationship or it was just like all the details that added up together to make it, to make me realize that I'm in a position where this is no longer working for me. And so I had to start making some really tough Mm -hmm. decisions there wasn't anything, at least I felt at the beginning, like there, there's nothing that I can cut out because I've got great friends. I've got a great partnership. I love my daughter. I love the work that I do. Nothing can go. So then I had to start making decisions about, well, what needs to go? Cause something has to go. And I, I'm doing, you know, exactly what you're talking about. And I'm taking your advice to heart right now, even as you're giving it, that there are those things that, you know, that even though they're good things, there's just not space for them anymore. And you just know that you know that you know that yeah. it has to shift. It has to change. There's no there's no option. And what yeah, and what I talk about a lot with women is like when it comes to setting boundaries, protecting your peace, scaling back, finding your no, utilizing your no in a world that's just like, can you just be a yes all the time to yeah. everything and everyone? Can you yeah. please just be a yes? You won't like it. of the boundaries I set, I don't enjoy setting. I'm not like, (laughs) oh, I'm so happy to turn this person down because I don't have the capacity or the bandwidth for this right now. Yeah, There's so much of personal development that just has like really good shiny PR around like be your authentic self, tell the truth. And anyone who's actually walking that talk, like I will tell you walking that talk, it is really uncomfortable. And I, and a lot of the times I wish I had more space, more bandwidth, more desire, you know, like I, I truly do. But Mm -hmm. when you just don't, you don't. Yeah. And I think this actually speaks to like a superpower that I try to instill in a lot of my clients is to like really reduce the pressure that you feel to try and explain yourself to people when you're making these types Mm. of changes, you know, because what if we start making changes, whether they're small or whether they're big or whether we're just adjusting, yeah, like our boundaries or the relationships to our lives in different ways, it's going to ruffle the feathers of people for all all kinds of reasons. And sometimes it's, you know, it's like people that you love genuinely feeling disappointed or hurt that maybe you can't show up in a way that you've been showing up. Yeah, It's also ruffles feathers of people where it it pokes at where they're not setting boundaries or being true to themselves. And like, that's really uncomfortable for people to have to sit with. And what I found to just be such a relief and a superpower to me is like to just get in the habit of saying like, I just know this is what I need to do right now. And to apologize if 
it feels warranted and to say, I'm, I'm so sorry. I wish that it was different, but this is just what it is. Yeah. And I actually don't have to explain why I'm not available or why this needs to change or why the deadline has to move or why I need to take extra time off. Like maybe you just do. Yeah. And other people don't necessarily have to get it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the answer to my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, in case you have anything else to say. My question is how you, how do you deal with the rejection, the criticism, the inevitable rejection, criticism, judgment that you'll get from people when you start to stand in your authentic truth and set boundaries and stand up for yourself and raise your vibration and feel differently about yourself. Inevitably, one thing I've realized recently too is there are people out there who really genuinely want you to be unhappy. Oh, for sure. Because it validates their own unhappiness. Yes. And so and that was something that like I think I've moved through the world for most of my life assuming like people are really they want the best for you. Everybody wants the best for you and everybody's you know, I don't think it's even conscious, but there are people who really want you to stay unhappy and they the minute that they see you being really happy and creating a path for yourself that feels really true and authentic and good, they're going to want to sabotage that for you because it means something about them. So anyway, I don't know if you have more thoughts yeah. than you've already shared about how you, how do you deal with all of that coming your way? We could talk about it for hours. <laughs> like it just <laughs> could just go on and on on this stuff forever. Yeah. So I think it's a few things. Number one, I think really deciding for yourself, like what are the conversations that are worth having? And even more specifically, like with whom are those conversations worth having? And with whom, like, do you not need to explain yourself or justify yourself to? So, like, for Mm -hmm. me, if I need to set a boundary or I'm expressing myself in some way that is activating for someone that I really love and care about who's, like, a significant player in my life and it's a relationship that is important to me that I want to maintain – I will make room to have that conversation and kind of massage that and be like, okay, you're hurt by me right now. Can we unpack that a little bit and like see what that's about? So that's like just step one is, you know, versus if I get an angry email from someone who's upset that I talked about the Black Lives Matter movement in my content and they want me to just share dating advice, that's not a conversation that I'm going to like massage or hold a lot of space for. Like, I'm just like, sure. <laughs> we are not on the same page. I am not for you. This isn't a relationship I care about. Like, follow button. It's that's for you. <laughs> it's so easy. It's free. <laughs> you can just do it anytime. You know, like I think that's just a level of ownership that we can take in our lives is being like, who's really worth me exploring this with. And I really look at it as like the words I'm using are like, who do I want to unpack this with? Who do I want to explore this with? Not who do I want to defend myself to? Yeah. Not who do I need to get on my side? Not how do I make them be different? Yes. But just like, how do we get to a place where you understand me enough and I understand you enough where our relationship can continue in a way that's supportive to both of us without either of us feeling like negated or compromised in it? Do you think there are some people in our lives who are, they may have a very close relationship to us, like they may be part of our nuclear family or Mm -hmm. a close friend we've had for a long time, but who are incapable of doing what you're talking about. They're incapable of unpacking Mm -hmm. and staying in their own lane. And for that reason, those people should be on our no list for people that we want to unpack this with. Yeah, I think uh, 1000%. I think actually... I mean, sort of ironically and painfully so, I think it's often the people who are closest to us Mm -hmm. because we usually have a lot of history with those people too and they're very used to 
a specific version of us or a specific dynamic in the relationship yeah. that when that starts to get disrupted, it's like, whoa, what are you doing here? And sometimes I think people could be sort of ruthless about this. It's just like, if people don't support you, if they're not in your corner, if they don't get you, like, you need to just cut them out. You know, you need to just like not talk to that person anymore. Yeah. Sometimes that might be the case. What I've often found to be the the truth is like different relationships really serve different purposes. And I have close long-term friends and family members that I feel very lucky to still have meaningful relationships with. And there are just certain things that I don't talk to them about. Yeah. And there are certain things that if they want to talk to me about something, whether it's like a decision that I've made or a piece of content that I put out there, you know, I use the example of my mother all the time because I love my mom so much and she loves me so much. And my mother will forever be very upset and uncomfortable and horrified that I swear on the internet. Like she will (laughs) – you know, like if I, if my mom knew, I don't even think she knows, maybe she does, but like if she knew that I was leading a call about empowered sexuality and like to get women stop faking orgasms, yeah, I, I can only imagine like the honest, <laughs> uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. But very early on when I started realizing like if I don't make it really clear that I'm not available for that, this is going to have a really painful impact on our relationship. So that became my job to be like, no, mom, I love you. And I totally get it. And I know you just like, you always want me to be safe and you want me to be okay. Cause that's where most of that stuff is coming from, at least in our dynamic. Yeah. But like, I'm not going to talk to you about my videos yeah. or like actually like, you know, <laughs> with this example, I would be like, that call really isn't for you. So like, it's okay that you don't like it yeah. or you don't agree yeah. with it. Yeah. And then and then here, this is some of the best advice that I'm going to dole out ever. Here, there's this magical thing you can do in conversations with these people where you change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Do you know what's hilarious that you bring this up? Because my therapist, I was like having a conversation with her about, I'm like, how do I set a boundary with this person you know? And she was like, let's practice. We'll role play. I'll be this person and you be you. And she would do that. Like she, she, I would say something and she'd be like, oh, that's nice. Well, and then she would completely change the subject. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you can use that as a tactic. That's incredible. Yeah. I tell people, I'm like, you can change the subject. You can leave the room. Like these are all great options. Like just. (laughs) And it's become a thing with me and my mom, at least in kind of a shorthand that we have where it's like I can kind of joke with her about it. And then I bring up something else and then we move on. Like I don't need my mother to understand everything about me and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I don't need her. I don't need, I don't, I don't need her to not have opinions about it in order for me to mm-hmm. like have a relationship with her or feel like I can share my life with her. For me, it's more about like recognizing different relationships serve different purposes in our lives. Yeah. And and that's okay. And there's so many ways in which, you know, if I was attempting to get her on my like on the same page with me and make her a supporter of me in a way that right now she's incapable of, that would actually be really kind of disrespectful and disempowering to her process as a woman and a mother and a human. Sure. So, I mean, now this is like when my like 12 step history of like being in Al-Anon groups <laughs> starts to step in, you know, where it's like you have, yeah, to, yeah, totally. you have to let people have their experience and not do like the codependent helper fixer saver thing of like, yes. how do I get you to see this in this empowered way when it, it's like not available? Totally. 
Yeah, that's super helpful. So you've talked about these calls that you do and you've mentioned the undoing, but can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what the undoing is and then who it's for and then how they can join if they want to join? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the undoing was a program that that came to me in um, the summer of 2019, like very clearly just like dropped into my consciousness and was like, oh, here is this four-part framework for supporting women in understanding their feminine nature and their feminine, you know, what I term as like feminine superpowers and all the ways that life and society has conspired to strip them away from that. What kind of dropped in for me was like, oh, there's these four essential lies that we're told as women that like, if you come to this planet as a feminine essenced being, and I always think it's important, just inclusivity is important to me and I don't view masculine and feminine energetics as inherently gendered. Mm -hmm. They exist in all beings. I have masculine energy. I have feminine energy. I do believe that the majority of individuals, although not everybody, tends to have a feminine or a masculine core, you know, that they identify more with feminine or masculine energy. And the undoing is designed for people who identify primarily with their feminine essence. Mm-hmm. Society would typically label those people as quote unquote women, but you know, obviously we're living in a time and age of gender fluidity and the non-binary and yeah. and like all of that to me really like fits into this spectrum of work yeah, that's yeah, not for yeah. me to put on other people. But I'm very I'm aware that like this language can be confusing or activating for people. So I like to just clarify my perspective on that. Yeah. So for beings who identify primarily primarily with their feminine essence or who come to this planet and are labeled as women, you're really served up these four lies from a very early age that dictate to you who you need to be and what will determine your value, your worth, your power. And the four lies are, number one, you need to have a perfect body or be conventionally attractive in this very specific Eurocentric way. The second lie is you need to be married to a man, you know, like you need to achieve this Mm. specific type of relationship status, this heteronormative relationship status for you to have value, worth, and power. The third one being, and this is when I come in and upset a lot of people when I say (laughs) this came in with the feminist movement of like, no, you need to have a powerful career if you want to be a valuable, worthy woman. Like women got to a place where they were like, oh, I'm not just comfortable being eye candy and I'm not just comfortable being my role being defined as being like a wife. So I'm going to get into the workforce. Hmm. The fourth one being you need to be a mother if you want to be a valuable, worthy woman. Yeah. And these are covertly and overtly messaged to us in such a variety of ways. I say it's like a spell that most of us are under for the majority of our lives. And we place a lot of attention and energy and focus on checking these boxes of like, I need to be attractive and desirable in this specific way. I need to secure a partnership in this specific way. I need to amass money and be professionally viable. I need to have kids. And if I can't check all those boxes or I screw things up, then like I must not be valuable or I must not be Mm -hmm. worthy or I don't have a certain degree of power that these other people have who can check these boxes or cross these finish lines. And the thing that was like especially foobard as like this was dropping in for me was I realized that in my own exploration and kind of feminine activations, like these really put us as individuals in a space where we're in opposition to 
our feminine power where Mm. like, you know, if we take line number one, you need to have the perfect body. You need to be attractive in this way. In masculine, feminine energetics and dynamics, the body is the feminine, like your body Mm. and your natural rhythms and cycles and your feelings, emotions, sensations, intuition, everything that lives in your body is a superpower. Like it is to be honored. It is to be respected. It is to be listened to, understood. When we don't do that, our lives get really confusing and messy. So just with this first lie that we're told, it's like from a very early age, we begin to view ourselves more from the outside looking in than the inside Mm -hmm. living outward. Like we look at ourselves in this way where it's like, this is a package that I have to formulate and present in some specific way versus being like, this is a vessel of genius that I get to walk around in. So embodiment is phase one. We do a lot of embodiment work just to get women back into their bodies and trusting their feeling, sensing, knowing. From there, phase two, to kind of dismantle the second lie, we talk about love and connectivity and how that's been co-opted in this way to just have us obsessed with and in pursuit of romantic love exclusively when, you know, and to, and again, to have this idea that love is something that exists outside you, that you don't get to create or experience it it yourself or with other people in your life or, you know, in an interdimensional capacity with a higher power, whatever that might look like for you. Mm-hmm. The feminine is all about connection, collective, community, love, intimacy, belonging, like that stuff that we all want is the feminine. And we're so detached from it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, the third and fourth pieces we focus on. So phase, yeah. So phase one is embodiment. Phase two is love. Phase three, we focus on play and pleasure because we're so hustle, grind, work, <laughs> like yeah. get it done, motivated. And it's, you know, we forget that like we're just natural little creatures. I'm sure you're seeing this with Nella of like, you know, she like wants to have fun and wants to play and totally. I'm sure it's delightful from what you share. I mean, that's what I see. She's yeah, totally. And just like ha- takes such delight in just even seeing her own reflection in a mirror. It's so amazing to watch. Isn't that amazing? It's so It's good. like such awe and wonder that we just lose. And then the fourth part that we kind of finish with, although these are cyclical phases. So like the women that I'm working with now who are in an alumni group, we're just going through these four phases and stages again. But the fourth phase is creation because I really believe that the obsession that we have with motherhood is not that like bringing life into the world isn't amazing, but there's so many ways that you are just a naturally creative being and your life is an act of creation that's completely separate from your ability or desire to procreate in the biological sense. A hundred percent. This stuff is so powerful, pivotal, important. It's in one way, you know, we talk a lot about on this show, the power of the written word to help us transform ourselves, transform our communities, transform the world. So in one sense, this conversation feels kind of different than any other conversation we've had on this show. It feels in some ways disconnected, but also it is the most connected conversation possible. Like what we're talking about is how do you silence the noise of the world? How do you go inside of yourself, listen to what's really true, connect with it, manifest it for the purposes of this show, like in the form of the written word, and then share a little bit of that truth of yourself with even one other person or with 10 other people or with 10,000 other people. Mm -hmm. So I want to join your group. (laughs) 
It's just so powerful and important. I, I mean, I don't know that I can overstate how important it is. So thank you so much for sharing all of that valuable information with us today. And if people want to participate with you in the undoing, where can they find you? Where they can, where can they find out more about it? I would recommend first and foremost getting on my email list, amyoungcoaching.com. There's a beautiful placeholder site up right now because we're doing like this big rebrand. So not a lot of ton, a ton of exciting, fancy stuff there. But you can get on my email list. You can look at, you know, some videos and things of mine and, and my podcast. Um, and also I'm on Instagram and update things regularly there as well. If you just want to get a taste of what I'm doing and learn more. As you said, I host these wonderful monthly community calls to just kind mm-hmm. of speak in a more raw, unfiltered fashion. It's called the Undoing Unfiltered. And I'm always, you know, sharing information about how to register for those. So Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So everybody who's listening, go find Amy on Instagram. She's a great follow on Instagram, super inspiring there. And especially for those of you who I know are working on crafting your own message and finding the courage to share things the the way you want to share them and to share your own truth. Amy's going to be really inspiring for you for that. Also find her on YouTube, subscribe to her channel there. She also has a podcast. Is it just Amy Young? Is that how people would find your podcast when they search? My podcast is called Just What You Needed. But if you just search Amy Young, you'll probably find that. And I imagine probably other interviews and stuff I've done if you just want to listen to me talk. <laughs> There's lots of options. Oh, yeah. There's no shortage of Amy Young talking on the internet. That's for sure. So, okay. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. We're really grateful. This has been a fascinating conversation. And I just can't wait to to keep following along with what you're doing and to learn even more from you. So thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. Do you have a sense that you have a story you want to write, but you aren't sure you want to publish it? Or maybe you're definitely sure you don't want to publish, but the idea of writing your personal story sounds like something you might like to try. Finally, finally, I have a resource for you. For over a decade, myself and my team at Find Your Voice have been supporting authors who have powerful stories that they want to publish in the format of a book. And over all those years, I've watched as the power of writing down a personal story brought clarity to these authors, brought healing to their lives, and ultimately helped them take back their lives from critics, from past mistakes, from a culture that wanted to define them or put them in a box. But until now, I didn't have a great resource for someone who wanted to write their story, not for publishing, but for taking back their power. So if that's you, this is exciting news. Right now, you can go to writeyourstory.com and for free, you can download a simple worksheet that's going to walk you through the beginning steps of outlining your personal story. All you have to do is complete the questions on the worksheet, watch the videos, and I'll teach you not only how to tell your story, but how to take back your life by telling your story. I'm going to teach you how to know what's really interesting about your personal story, how to know where the story starts and where it stops. And I'll even teach you a trick that the pros use to take their writing from good to great. Don't wait another day to write your story and take back your life. Head to writeyourstory.com right now and download your free worksheet. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.